Hello, everyone. Welcome Hello. back to Looking for the Middle. I'm Welcome. Bethany. And I'm Dalton. And Dalton is... Looking for the Middle. Well caffeinated. He is... That's decaf. I'm worried. <laughs> that, well, I did have a latte this morning at home, and then I went and got more coffee. But that's that why I'm drinking decaf now. Okay, good, great. It's decaf. We're, we're healthy. We're good. I've great. had some water and food. Perfect. Ready to go. Wonderful. We're glad you're back, guys. Thank you so much for, I guess you could say, bearing with us the past couple of weeks. We have had some microphone difficulties, I guess you could say. My microphone's been great. I don't know what Yours has. About. That is true. Maybe I should just get one like yours. And you should, because I it's should. the best microphone ever, because I bought it. Okay. Anyway, we do appreciate your sticking with us. We know the audio wasn't the greatest. We had some... Issues where it looked fine while it was recording, and then afterwards, it sounded awful, and so it took some major creativity to get episodes out. So anyway, enough of that. We're back, and guys, not this week. Next week is our season finale. Like, whoa, this is it. Whoa, I know that was quick. Yeah. So actually, okay. So we're doing our question episode, which if you're new, we do an episode every season where we pose a question to you guys. And then we fully frame the answer or the episode around your answers to that question. And so this year, I actually put this on Instagram a while back to see if you guys liked it and you did. So here's the question. I will put it on Instagram a couple times this week as well. And you guys can um, send in responses that oh, way too. I thought too. you were about to ask me a question. It's like, good oh, no. grief, no. no. No, 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 sorry. I'm letting them know. Here's our question to you guys. We want your feedback. So we get a lot of stuff from you guys just in general of like, hey, what do I do when blank happens? Like, so what do I do if I'm talking to this guy on an app and suddenly he starts changing his pictures? What do I do when um, this happens? Or what do I do if he says that? Or what do I do? Like, so here's your question. What do I do when? Fill in the blank with whatever your thought is. Or so, you can say, what do I do if? Either one. Okay, Either one if works. or when. We'll give you a little leeway with that. <laughs> So you can go to Instagram and DM us uh, an answer to that question. You can email us lookingforthemiddle at gmail.com. Just put like question episode in the subject. Um, And like I said, I'll put a couple question boxes on Instagram throughout this week to get some responses there. So that will be coming out next week. And that will be our finale. That's Christmas. That's the end. And I can't believe it. Dun, da, da, da. So. Fireworks. Fireworks. We'll save up those in the budget for next season how's that what budget well that's why i said we gotta start saving (laughs) save now we'll do it in three years 2027 um okay no but i do have a question of the day are you ready for that never well here it comes anyway if you were offered the chance to always be happy would you take it Mm, no why i wouldn't either but i want to know your reason um I don't think you learn anything yep. that way. So being a person that tries to be happy a lot, but is not always the happiest person in the world, as I have been told by some people, <laughs> um, I think if you go through your entire life and you're feeling happy constantly, you're not seeing the world for some of the problems that are going on. Yeah. Um, and you're not also learning from your problems, your mistakes, your struggles. You're just looking everything through rose-colored lenses. Yeah. So I don't know. What think, What are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point. My, my main thought for saying no is because I think if you're happy all of the time, you don't, like, just like with anything else, you don't appreciate it. 
like you go through the hard times, you go through the not so happy times so that you can appreciate what it feels like to be happy. Um, you know, it's like the person at work who puts urgent in every email subject. It loses its meaning after a while. You don't appreciate it. (laughs) So I think it's kind of like, like you appreciate the, the happiness and the joy and the happy things because it's not, there's nothing to compare it to if you, if it's always like that. Now I can be joyful all the time, but that's completely that's different. That's a whole other, yeah, that's Sunday a whole other thing. Duke. You're <laughs> so, welcome. Yes. So yeah, I think, I don't think I would take it. You want to talk about some things? Let's talk about some things. Let's talk about Let's talk about things. getting married. No. That's what we're talking about. Oh, well, I'm single, so I'm not ready for well, that. Well, me too. Well, but that's what we're going to talk about is what does it look like to oh, be ready. Oh, how about that? It's as if I knew that and was setting it up the entire time. <laughs> Let's talk things. Okay. So you just said you're not ready to be married. Is that because you don't have a girlfriend or? <laughs> no, I was being facetious. Okay. Are you, even... re- are you? Okay, here, off the top. Are you ready to get married? Hmm. Well, maybe. Okay. Let's talk about it. Okay. What is it? So all joking aside, the question of the day is, what does it look like? How do you know you're ready to even start, not even just yeah. start dating, but look towards mm-hmm. marriage? We're not, yeah, we're not talking about, okay, I've been dating this guy for a year. Yeah. Are we ready, quote unquote, to get engaged and get married? This is as an, on an individual level. Yeah. Personal heart. Where is my heart out at in terms of, am I ready to even think about marriage? pursue marriage should i get married one day that this is all kind of the sphere of what we're talking about you can't see my hand motions right now (laughs) but they are everywhere and we have stuff all over this desk um oh if you hear a loud bang i nailed a drawer or something flying but i have these drawers in my desk that i always kick or knee and it gets on my nerves so i just took them out today okay let's do this thing so uh open-ended what does it look like how do i know i'm ready to be married my place that I started when we first started talking about this, yeah, spiritual level, mm-hmm. like where are you at spiritually? Mm-hmm. Um, now I did hear of uh, a situation where someone was a new believer and their church told them you can't date for like five years. I didn't. I, I didn't still... like that. Not a big fan of that one. Mm-hmm. I don't agree. I don't think there's biblical precedent for it. No, no. I I don't think. I think it feels a little legalistic. Mm-hmm. Like you're controlling. If someone said, hey, maybe give it some time. Yes, that's that a makes story. sense. But to put a hard and fast like control line on, on. And that's a long time, too. Because yeah. I got to think if, if they're like our 20. age, it's a little. You just said our age. Yeah, oh. I'm trying to be nice to You're you. You're trying today. to not make me feel old. That's yeah. so nice. You know, I did some self care this morning. I'm feeling good. <laughs> I'm, feeling I'm being generous. nice. Let's do this thing. Spiritually speaking, back to yeah. off our rabbit trail. Mm-hmm. Where are you at spiritually? Yeah. So if you're like a brand new baby believer and you have no idea what you're doing, maybe wait. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. I think it, it is appropriate to be a little bit slow as you approach this conversation. More of what I'm thinking, spiritually speaking, is what are your patterns in your day-to-day Christian walk? Yeah. So are you daily pursuing Christ in the Word and in prayer? Are you modeling what it means to live out Christian love? Are you modeling what it means... To be a Christian in an unbelieving world. Mm -hmm. The big one for me that I kind of hammered home is, are there unrepentant patterns of sin in your life? Yeah. That's that's one of the biggest ones that, that you could say, if there are, then no. Yeah. Because if there's unrepentant patterns of sin in life, when you get to marriage, 
those things are not going to be made better. Yeah. And can I just say one? Yes, you can. One thing. <laughs> I'm asking permission. Oh, good grief. No, I think a lot of times when we, when we talk about, oh, an unrepentant sin pattern and whatever, especially in the context of dating and then marriage, the thing that people always go to is, oh, we're talking about, does somebody have a pornography problem? Like, it's kind of like this. Right. And that is included, but it's almost like that's kind of a little catchphrase for that. It's but definitely I, the biggie. It is, but I just wanted to make the point of, we're talking about, do you have an unrepentant pride problem? Do yeah. you have an unrepentant pattern of, like, unforgiveness? Do you hold a grudge? Like, it's not just, oh, we're trying to sugarcoat, and, but we're really talking about this one thing. Mm-hmm. There could be a whole number of things that also need to be dealt with in this context, I think. Yeah, and of course, pornography is kind of the big hot button issue sure. as you're approaching it. But I think it's really important that you point these things out of we're just talking about sin in general. Mm-hmm. Have you patterned and are you modeling a repentant lifestyle? I mean, I think about anger. Mm-hmm. So if a guy is a- approaching marriage and saying, I think I'm ready to start start looking and seriously considering pursuing someone for marriage— but this dude has the shortest fuse the world has ever known. <laughs> it's not going to get better when you're married. No. Because now you have two sinful people living in one house who are used to their own way of life and their own preferences trying to make one life. Well, if you're struggling with being angry and you have a really short fuse, <laughs> she's going to set you off real quick. Yeah. She's going to look at you and say, why in the world do you keep leaving your laundry in the floor by the basket and not in the laundry basket. And for some reason, that's going to be the thing that Mm -hmm. sets the bomb off. Yeah. Well, and kind of dovetail out of that too. One thing I would look at is how are your conflict resolution skills? That's, that's fair. You know, how, how do you handle conflict? Are and knowing what your tendencies are in that knowing, okay, I tend to be a conflict avoider or I tend to be a conflict confronter, I guess those are the, the flip sides, but like know that about yourself, but then also know, especially like if you're someone who avoids conflict or you just bottle stuff up and then blow up, you got to work on that. You have to know that. And like, that's something that needs to be at least be being worked on in your community as you deal with people. Um, or that's going to make a marriage relationship, I think pretty difficult if you yes. go into that blind. Let's, let's shift this a little bit. Okay. Staying on the spiritual side of things, but I think it'd be helpful knowing that we have a somewhat split audience in terms of guy girl. Sure. Let's talk perspectives from how do I know girl side of things? How do I know guy side of things? Yeah. So on the girl side of things, what what are things in your life that you would say, this is proof that I'm ready to start looking for marriage? Go. Go. Um, one for me is, I kind of rewind a little. My dad had this conversation with me years ago. I had just moved out on my own. I was living my own life. and I was, I was mid-20s, so it was probably about 10 years ago. Um, and he said, hey, like, he was off for like, go, move, live your life, do your thing. But he just kind of had these words of caution of just remember, like, the longer you live on your own and just knowing that I'm a pretty independent personality anyway, like, you're going to set your own life. You're going to have your way of doing things. You're going to have everything how you like it. And if you do get married down the road, like, you're going to have to be willing to compromise. You're going to have to be willing to say, oh, well, I do this this way, but it doesn't matter. Like, don't get so set in your ways that that will make marriage really difficult. And I think 25-year-old Bethany heard that and understood it um, rationally, but I was pretty set in like, here's how I'm going to do things and here's how everything goes and whatever. And so I think 10 years down the road now, I have definitely seen some softening in that in my own personal life. And I think that as... 
women, we are out on our own more than historically we have been. You know, it used to be you went from, well, used to be you went from your parents' house to your husband's house, basically. Mm-hmm. And then, then it was, you know, parents, college, married. There's that a bigger gap after college now than there probably ever has been to where we are on our own. We have our careers. We do our things. We have our apartment. Everything's set. Um, and you're building a life by yourself that you then have to mesh with someone else. And so I think that's a big thing that as girls – we have to be cognizant of, and I think is a big indicator of where you're at as if you can put die to self enough to be able to merge life with someone else. So that goes into something that I was going to add on already. Um, it's a bad word. Okay. It's a terrible word for our culture. Start with an S. It starts with an S. I know what it is. What is it? Submission. Okay. Submission. <laughs> bad word. Right. And I'm sure some of you don't like that word because the way that we've seen it misplayed. Yeah. Either you see in the feminist movement where submission is awful because woman power and all that stuff, which I think is wrong. (laughs) Yep. But you see the other far end of the spectrum of where abusive men have used the concept of submission Mm -hmm. to be a dictator and to be an abuser and an enabler and all of these Mm -hmm. awful things, right? So we're not talking about either one of the extreme pushbacks here. We're talking about biblical submission here of what you just said, where the female is dying to self and dying to preferences Mm -hmm. in submission to the authority that God has given the husband, which I'll talk about on the other side of things for the guy in a few minutes. So don't worry, ladies. These guys are not just going to get a (laughs) They're not off the hook. They're not off the hook. So the concept of submission. One of the things that I would say you should look to model in terms of on the, the female side of things Am I living in a submissive way? Now, Mm. what I mean by that is not that you're submitting to every man that's out there because that's not biblical. Mm -mm. The only categories for submission are to a father or to the God-given authority in the church or to a husband. Mm -hmm. So you, if you're not married and you're just looking to get married, you remove the husband thing out of the equation, right? So there's only two major categories, the authority that God has given you in the church and your father. Yeah. Hold on. Pause really quick. I was in a, um, it's a singles Facebook group and a guy had made this post saying, Hey ladies, it was a kind post. He wasn't constant. He's like, basically from a guy's perspective, here are some things that maybe girls don't know, but they're really helpful for guys in dating. And several of the points were really good, but it got to the bottom one and it said, let him lead you talking about like, this is his God given role. And like, he should be leading spiritually and all these things. And that's not what dating is for. No. he should, that, that is not a role, a boyfriend or someone you're dating, whatever you want to call it. That's not something that he should have. Because like you said, it's not in scripture. Mm-hmm. That is not an area of submission in your life. Um, and so don't, it sounds good. It sounds right. And we say, okay, well, we're patterning to move to marriage. This is not an area where you need to do that. So don't, don't be deceived by that. Yeah, that's a good, good thing to throw in in this immediate part. But let's put a pin in that. Yeah. And come back to it when I get to the guys. Because I have okay. a, I have a okay. further point on that. But yeah. I, I'm glad you made that caveat there. Yeah. Because it flows exactly what we're talking about. So watch out for that. Yeah. Uh, but on, on the concept of, of submission, what, what you should be modeling, and guys, what you should really be looking for is, does this female that you are interested in, or females, am I modeling a pattern of submission? Am I submitting to the God-given authorities that, that the Lord has placed in my life right now? So am I listening to the leaders of my church as they are seeking to shepherd me? And I, am I submitting to the authority of my father? Now, there's obviously where it gets a little tricky, unbelieving parents or 
I mean, we even know situations yeah. of uh, abusive male leadership in the home. So obviously everything is done with biblical wisdom. But there should be a pattern and a desire of the heart to humbly, and humbly is a big word here because it plays into the idea of submission, mm-hmm. humbly submit. So are you starting to pattern those things? Or is there something inside of you that you feel intrinsically opposed to the concept of submission? And when somebody brings it up, you just get angry. Because I think if that's happening, that's mm-hmm. an indication that you are not ready to start mm. thinking about marriage. What are your thoughts on that? That's a really good point. I mean, that's, yeah. It's a, and it's a maybe something to say, okay, if you're trying to evaluate this for yourself of like, okay, am I at this place? I don't know. Okay, go through some of the biblical things that a wife is called to be. Mm-hmm. And like you said, if you find yourself balking or not really liking or, oh, I'm definitely not that. Well, you don't have to ever be it perfectly. Like you, we're not saying that, but is there at least progress and moving towards being those things? Um, especially if, like you said, mentally you're, you, you kind of push back on it because you're not, it's one thing to push back on a bad, um, manifestation of that, I guess, like you said, whether it's, you know, an abuse of power or something like that, like you're saying, okay, no, that's wrong. And I'm going to push back against that. But if you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater mm-hmm. and saying, because of this bad earthly human marred by sin experience that I have seen, I am going to completely disregard this entire biblical concept. That's a problem. And I think it's more, it's, yes, it's a b- problem of how you understand submission, but I think it also reveals a bigger issue of, okay, how do I approach scripture and its authority in my life? Yeah. So uh, before I get to the guy's perspective real quick on, on the same topic, yeah, I do want to say that what I'm not looking for as a guy is mm-hmm. a, a girl that is already willing, willingly submitting to me in a dating relationship. Right now, I'll, I'll talk to the guy's yeah. perspective in just a second. But if she is already submitting, I think you're moving too far. Because, mm-hmm. uh, again, the, the only category... God-given leadership in the church, your father, your husband. Like, mm-hmm. Those are the categories. And if you're dating someone and already willingly submitting to them, yeah, mm, that's not a category. Mm-hmm. right? So it's you're giving intimacy where intimacy is not due. Yes. I mean, it's the same thing when you, we ask the question, how far is too far in mm-hmm. dating in terms of physical boundaries? If you're asking that question, I guarantee you've already gone too far. But, yeah. <laughs> but... You're you're trying to get ahead of where you're actually at. Yeah. Right? So watch out for that yeah. on the guy's side of things. And from a practical perspective, when you just kind of saying, okay, I hear you say that, but what difference does it make? One thing is that you're not married to this person. And so you may go down the road and break up, but if you've already put marriage type intimacy, in, and I'm not talking physically, but you've put marriage type intimacy into this relationship, that breakup is going to... And then the coming back from that later is going to be way more difficult. It's going to leave scars that you have set yourself up for that you shouldn't have to bear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's a, a ramification of doing that uh, that you may run into. And here's a, here's a spiritual category that's connected to that and I think will help me run back into the guy side of things. We're talking about self-control. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking towards marriage... Yeah. You're saying, I, all right, I want to start being serious about pursuing the concept, the idea of being married and finding someone. Are you modeling self-control? Because self-control is going to play out in every aspect of your dating relationship yeah. and in your marriage, right? So we're talking about physical boundaries. Mm-hmm. If you have no self-control, you are going to go too far 
physically speaking. Mm -hmm. If you have no self-control on the women's side of things, you're going to go too far in terms of submitting to a guy that's not your husband. And and the whole laundry list of other sins. Mm Self-control is kind of that big category. So if you're looking at your life introspectively and you're saying, am I ready for this? And you say, oh my goodness, I have no self-control anywhere. I'm incredibly impulsive about Mm -hmm. everything that I do. And I cannot stop saying yes to sin. No. Please no. And I'm, I am not saying that as someone that is absolutely slamming my fist and saying, you cannot do this. Yeah. I am pleading with you. Don't do it. Because the, the damage and the scars that you will have, I speak from experience, mm. it's not worth it. So focus on self-control. Yeah. Because it will flow into everything mm-hmm. else and it will really answer the question, am I ready to start pursuing marriage? Yeah. So with that... Now transitioning the guy side of things because it's the same thing. Self-control mm-hmm. is one of the massive categories for a guy. Thinking about, okay, I've just said submission for the females. For the guys, are you modeling leadership? Mm-hmm. Here's what it doesn't mean, what you just said. Yeah. It is not your role in dating to lead her. Right. Period, exclamation <laughs> point. Underline, bold letters, whatever I can do to no, emphasize that. No caveats that, to that one. No go. <laughs> yeah. Because you look at the categories I just laid out. Girls, you're looking for this. Guys, you're not this. Yeah. You are not her pastor. You are not her father. Yeah. And you are not her husband at this point. Which I feel like would make, like, really embracing that, like, would make the dating process easier for guys. Like, mm-hmm. isn't that a huge pressure off? Yes, it is. Okay. It, it absolutely is. Yeah. We, there has been some cultural pressure mm-hmm. in saying that, guys, you have to lead yeah. immediately. Well, and I think some of, that, it, some of that comes from when you ask a girl, okay, well, what are you looking for in a guy? Well, someone who's a good leader. Like, that's what nine out of ten girls will say. It, top three things. And, I mean, I look for that as well. Yes. And so I, I, I can see, I'm sure some of that is a prep. You're like, okay, well, this is the top thing she's looking for. I better figure out a way to show her that I am that. Mm-hmm. And then it just snowballs. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. Okay. So you should be. That's a good insight from a guy's perspective. Like, that's really helpful. <laughs> you should be looking for a guy that is a good leader. Yeah. Who models. Uh-huh. Keyword, models leadership in his life. We should, that's, okay, ladies, are you listening to this? Like, that. that's something that we can do to make that simpler for guys. Like, to, in just changing that verbiage. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for someone who leads me well. Yeah, am I looking for that down the road? Yeah, but right now. Say it again. Does he model? Does he model biblical leadership? Yeah. And it's the same thing, guys. This is what you're looking for in a girl. Does she model biblical submission? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, model. Yeah. That's the key word in all of this. And I've had this conversation with so many people because in the dating relationship, you're not looking for everything at once. Right. Because that's not the biblical category. Mm-hmm. You're looking for, does this person model these particular postures? Same thing with sin. Do they model an attitude of repentance on both sides of the equation? That's what you're looking for. You're looking for patterns in their life that fall into the categories of what biblical marriage is supposed to be and what Mm -hmm. a husband and wife is supposed to be. You're not going to fully realize these things until you're married, but you're looking for the patterns. Right. You're looking for the indications and for the modeling of these things. Mm -hmm. So guys, yeah, you should be modeling biblical leadership. But in the appropriate context, mm-hmm. you should be doing it in your local church. Yep. Which is, a, this is goes to Bethany's catchphrase, dating community. <laughs> yeah. 
when you find someone in community that is in your local church, if you're able to, or that is plugged into a local church, you should see someone that's leading. Now, I don't yeah. necessarily mean they have to be leading all small groups or they have to be preaching or they have to be teaching all the Bible studies, but someone that shows what leadership is yeah. in the church. They're willing to, when there is a need, I'll jump in and help. Yeah. Well, and ladies, I think we have, in a way, I think we have to be careful because you can say, oh, I'm looking for someone who, who is a good leader, who is confident, who is strong in those things. And if you're not careful what you end up even if it's not maybe what you consciously are thinking you're looking for, the the um, perception you give is this alpha male, mm-hmm. you know, super strong leader, super confident, out there, you know, type, which is not the only way to model leadership. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we can get a little blinded by that's what we're looking for, too, is, you know, I think we've said, Chris and I have both said in the past, like, being confident or being a good leader does not equal being the center of attention and the loudest guy in the room. Can it? Sure. Um, but that's not the only way to model that. Is he investing in his community? Is he um, serving? Is he, is he involved? Is he taking initiative? Um, and I think a guy who does those things and doesn't need a lot of attention on himself is probably more confident and a better leader than the guy who calls a lot of attention to himself at the end of the day. I'm about to drop a bombshell. Hold on. Let me make sure I'm ready for this. Are you sitting down and ready I to go? I am sitting down, hopefully ready. Here is the bombshell that I absolutely hammer most guys on. Okay. Because they talk about, they get frustrated. Uh-huh. Maybe young marrieds. My uh-huh. wife isn't submitting. Okay. I'm sorry. Let's talk about that. Yeah. But let me let me ask you a question first. This is what I bring to guys. Yeah. Are you loving your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her? Mm-hmm. So when we talk about marriage, we instantly go Ephesians 5, mm-hmm. right? That is where we run to, and we always spend our, <laughs> most of our time on submit. Yep. Wives, submit to your husbands. Yes and amen. Yeah. Do you want to know why wives would want to submit to their husbands? It's because their husbands are loving them as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Which, believe it or not, is right after the submission part. Mm -hmm. You just have to read a couple more lines. So, let's think for a moment. Mm -hmm. What did Christ do for the church? He left heaven and took on flesh. Great act of humility. Mm -hmm. He lived a lowly life. He even said, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Mm-hmm. So he's wandering around constantly, rarely has a place to lay his head. He's sleeping on ships and in fields and all of this stuff, living a humble life. Mm-hmm. He lived in humility when he was rejected by his people. He died the most excruciating and humiliating death to pay the price for his bride. Mm-hmm. So if my task as someone that is supposed to be leading... yeah is to be like Christ in his relationship to the church. That means I die to myself every single day. Yeah. Men, if you want to know what biblical leadership looks like and why a wife should desire to submit to you, you look to Christ, who laid down everything for the sake of his bride. Yeah. Literally even his own life. That's the reality mm-hmm. in all of this. Yeah. You, ladies, this is what leadership you're looking for. Yeah, and I think self-sacrificial leadership. Yeah, well, and I think on both sides of that, the wives submit to your husbands, and husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church. 
when someone comes and says, hey, my wife's not submitting to me, or someone says, hey, my husband's not loving me like Christ loved the church, my guess is in both of those instances, you turn it back on that person and say, okay, but are you really doing that? We, we have, trust me, we have enough to worry about to make sure we're doing what we should, that if we really hone in on that, the rest will most likely work itself out because we, we're not going to master our part in that perfectly ever. And by saying, well, well, they're not doing this, we're really just heaping trouble upon ourselves. Yeah. So, I mean, on the spiritual side of things, here is the way that I would boil down everything we just said. Yeah. For both categories. Mm-hmm. If you're looking to, to find out, am I ready to start pursuing marriage? Yeah. Whether you're dating someone now or you're just saying, okay, I'm going to start looking seriously for marriage. Self-controlled humility. Yes. Would be my two big things. I think that's a really good summation of the last 25 minutes but of our life. If you look yeah. at submission is an act of humility. Mm-hmm. Self-sacrificial oh, leadership, yeah. an act of humility. What it's requiring is both the husband and the wife to be humble. Mm-hmm. Wives are giving up their preferences to follow their husband. Yeah. Husbands are giving up their preferences to lead their wife. Yeah. Well, and that's what whenever someone will ask you, oh, well, what's the most important thing in a relationship? Or what's the biggest contributor to a successful relationship? I always say it's two people trying to outserve each other. Mm-hmm. I like that. That, I mean, that, if, if you have, if your relationship has that one thing, so many other things are going to take care of themselves because you're not looking out for your own interest. You're not looking out for, I want to get my way or I want this. Like if both of you are basically competing at outserving each other, you're going to have a pretty successful relationship, I think. Now there's a danger where pride can creep in and like, I'm going to outserve you. No one okay. can outserve well, me. Yeah. <laughs> so again, humility. Fair enough. But I agree yeah. completely. It's, yeah. I think that the only caveat that I would add to what you just said is not just serving, but yeah. sacrificial serving. Yes. That would be enough. the way that yeah. I would really hone in Get on what really... the two of us are saying right here yeah. is you, you want the recipe for success as best you can, mm-hmm. self-sacrificial service of one another. That'll do it. Spiritually speaking, I think those are the qualities that you should be looking for in yourself, whether you're a guy or a girl. Yeah. Is that self-controlled humility, that self-sacrificial service. Yeah. That would be kind of the line that I think the two of us are drawing right here. I completely agree. Now, transitioning. Hold on. Before we do, okay, I had a thought. And I think we should have asked this at the beginning, like the very beginning of this. Because um, we're talking about, okay, how do I know I'm ready to get married? I think the very first thing you have to do is ask yourself a simple question. Do I want to get married? No, that's where I was about to go. But oh, yeah. are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, you have to say, okay, is this a desire that I really want? Is this something that I'm looking for? Is this something I will serve the Lord better with this? Or... Mm-hmm. Is everyone pressuring me and saying, oh, why aren't you married? Oh, why aren't you dating anyone? And it's just the thing you're supposed to do. It's the next thing in life. It's just the next step. Really ask yourself, do I want to be married? We know some people are called to singleness. I don't think it's the majority of people, but there are people who are. So I think that's the very first thing you have to ask yourself. Do I want to get married? Yeah. No. And I think that's what you just said. That's your starting point. Yeah. Because if the answer is no, then... Okay, we're done. To to the rest of this. We're done. Like, <laughs> you have accomplished the goal, and maybe we, I guess we should have started there because then you could have just turned the rest of the podcast off. But we wanted to draw well, you. Yeah, in. we gotta suck you in somehow. Um, but it, I mean, that's that's the opening yeah. line for yourself. Am I desiring to be married? I think desire is the right word here. Uh, is the desire of my heart to be married for the right biblical reasons? Mm-hmm. If no, great. Go serve the Lord in your singleness. Yeah. Go sell out your entire life to serving Christ and making his name known. And don't let anyone tell you that's lesser than. Nope. Like, yeah, that there's nothing 
subpar about that whatsoever. You are not a second class no, citizen. you're not. You are just as complete in Christ as anyone who's married, who has kids, or anything else. If the answer is yes... Please continue listening. Continue listening, <laughs> but I'll also say the same thing. Great. Yeah. Go look for a spouse. Get to work on that part, obviously, mm-hmm. but use your marriage for the glory of the Lord and sell out for making Christ's name known. Yeah. Either way, do what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Make disciples. And I would say too, as like you said, great, go look for a spouse. Go, you know, go find someone if you're wanting to be married. I would encourage you, and this is an encouragement to myself because this is something that I have seen in myself. Don't, don't let that pursuit and that looking take time away from your pursuit of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, we all have how how many hours are there in a week? One hundred and sixty-eight. Multiple. Let's go with one hundred sixty-eight. Feels think that's good. I can't do math, so I think that's what it is. Anyway, however many hours there are in a week, we all have the same number of them. And so, if your pursuit of finding a spouse, whether it be Going out and doing social things with friends, whether it's online dating, whether whatever that looks like, that should not detract from time spent in the Word. That should not mm-hmm. detract from time spent in prayer. That should not detract from anything of like, your church involvement. Uh, well, I mean, we can get into the details of what that looks like. But, but anyway, that's not the point. Right. So if that's happening... I think you need to reevaluate some mm-hmm. things. It doesn't mean you can't still pursue marriage. It just means that time needs to come from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Probably the amount of time you spend watching Netflix. Um, I don't even have a Netflix account. I don't either, but never mind. I'm not going to expose what I, how I watch Netflix. I mean, it's how everyone else does too. I use somebody else's, but anyway. Just we don't. don't have to get into that. Um, I feel like at this point, oh, watching Netflix is almost like, the term, they're like, oh, I'm going to Google that. Well, you might not actually use Google. You're going to look it up. So it's like, oh, we're watching Netflix. It could be Hulu. It could be whatever else. Sorry, Netflix is garbage. All their new stuff is just bleh. Anyway. Yeah, I don't, I haven't don't really watched it. Don't get lost. We're going to totally get lost in the weeds. Me. You know what I'm saying. Yes. Distract from time spent watching the television. Is that mm-hmm. a more accurate the way of saying it for you? Um. I don't remember exactly where I was going with that. Basically, you need to take the time that you spend pursuing that, not from your time with the Lord. I agree. And if you can't do that, you got some evaluating to do of your own life. Yes. That's all I was trying to get at. And that's something that's kind of been forefront of my mind. Um, come, you know, I took the dating break over the summer, and then I come back and I'm like, oh, well, now I have all this time I gotta somehow out of my life, whether it's apps or talking to people or going out on dates, whatever it is. And so I've had to kind of like wrestle with, okay, where does that time come from? Mm-hmm. So it's just forefront of my mind make sure the lord is your priority yeah is the summarization of everything you just said yes why do you always have to show me up and say it like so succinctly when i just took two minutes um because (laughs) i am a preacher and you have to find a way after rambling for 45 minutes to wrap it up and leave people with one sentence because they won't remember anything else you said except for maybe that one sentence (laughs) in the illustration or the mouse running through the middle of the sanctuary oh my word you guys we literally had a mouse in the sanctuary, Sunday morning at church, stopped the sermon. There were people literally running through the baptistry trying to chase this thing down. It was comical and horrible all at the same time. Oh my goodness. But the sermon was was on the fact that God is sovereign (laughs) and wouldn't you know it, there's an illustration. It was hilarious. It could not have been more perfect. Oh my goodness. It was so funny. Yeah. 
our great danger on this podcast is getting lost in the weeds and following rabbit trails mm-hmm. until we find the rabbit. So, we no, we haven't. We have not found the <laughs> rabbit. So, transitioning from like the spiritual side mm-hmm. of things of how do you know, I want to push back on okay. maybe, uh, I don't know what generation this has come from. I think <laughs> okay. maybe the baby boomers have really been the big push on this one. Okay. Of how do you know you're ready to uh-huh. get married or start pursuing marriage? And they start to list off all of these financial and yes. career constraints. I do think it's the boomers um, because they are the ones who couldn't do those things as much. Mm. I mean, because they would have been after World War II. I mean, a little. I mean, a little bit removed from it, but it was a generation yeah, that you was, have wars going on. That right, time. just coming out of not being able to. Um, I feel like we have this like up and down swing because so that generation told people make sure you're financially stable make sure you go do all the fun live your life travel do all the things before you get tied down quote unquote with mm-hmm. a you know a spouse and kids and so what do you see you see generations now that have taken that to heart and run with it and are not getting married they're living however they want to and it's a very selfish generation i all i almost feel like our our generation who has lived through that, the delayed marriage, the delay, you know, all of those things is may shift it back a little bit to like, no, like get married, have kids, live your life with a family. Um, cause it's this up and down thing, but that's purely speculative on my part. I have no idea. Well, no, I, I kind of see the same thing. Um, I, I think there's been a lot of counsel given by older generations of make sure you have all of your ducks in a row before mm-hmm. you even think about getting married. Yeah. So make sure you've got a 401k that's working. Make sure that you are well-established in your career and that you're financially making buku mm-hmm. dollars. Make sure that you have a home. Yeah. Make sure that you have this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the Word of God going, I don't see this anywhere. Yeah. Okay, yep. but there's... so. On the extreme opposite side, though, you have people that are saying, well, that's all wrong, so I'm just going to run into marriage unprepared, and we'll just see what happens. We'll just put it all on a credit card and hope it all comes out okay. So there's there's levels of wisdom. It's almost as if we're looking for the middle. It's crazy. There are levels of wisdom, and, and you really do want to find that middle ground. Yeah. Um, because you don't want to just run into marriage and make an absolute mess of your life because you were unwise with how you handled things, with how you approach things. Right. On the other side of this, where in Scripture does it say you have to have a nice home with a nice car that you're paying off and that you've got your retirement savings started and you're well-established in your yeah. career? I don't see that anywhere. No. Well, it's an entirely different worldview. Yes. Because that worldview sees this world and this earth and this life as it yes so you want to have all of those things so that this can be as easy as possible for you and your family it's not purely um self-focused there is an element of oh setting yourself up well so that your family is comfortable but if being comfortable on this earth is your end goal that's what you end up at if realizing that this is not your home that we are just passing through that our goal is to glorify the lord and train up children who follow him as well, then you trust that the Lord will provide and you be wise and you're smart and you're self-controlled, like you said, but you step forward trusting the Lord, not yourself. Yes. So uh, let me let me go on just the wisdom side of things for yeah. a second because I think there are 
physical things that we're talking about, you should still kind of have your ducks in a row a little bit. Yeah. So thinking financially, for instance, if you are fiscally irresponsible, mm-hmm. maybe you should wait. Yeah. And what I mean by that, in, in every relationship, predominantly there is a spender and there is a saver. Yep. That's how, I'm putting out a random number, but I would say at least 80 to 90% of relationships are. Yeah. I think of one of my closest friends that just got married. Several years ago, I would have said, no. Dude, what are you doing? fiscally irresponsible. Mm. If he had it, he spent it. To the point in which, even one Christmas, he was like, dude, I just got my first credit card. I got all my Christmas presents on the credit card. And then he called me a month later and goes, don't get a credit card. It's like, I ran up a $1,000 bill that I'm having to pay off, and I don't even make that much money because at this point he was a teacher. Yeah. So that was fiscally irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he, he fixed it, cleaned it up. Yeah. And started figuring out, okay, at least stay within my means. And then he met this wonderful, godly woman. I don't even know her that well. I love Who her pieces. every penny she makes. So she doesn't do that, but just be running on. she is extremely responsible, mm. financially speaking. She saves money to the point in which she has no debt. She bought a car, a brand new car. Just outright. Outright. Yeah. So and she then, sounds like she's really good for him. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I, yes. So he told her as they're preparing for marriage, mm-hmm. he's like, this is one of the conversations I was not looking forward to. I sat down with her and told her, okay, look. Before we get married, you need to know I have debt uh-huh. from student loans. And she told him immediately she got really nervous mm-hmm. because she's thinking, okay, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth <laughs> like, of debt. He goes, $8,000? I have $10,000 worth <laughs> of debt. She starts laughing and he she's goes, like, oh, what are you laughing at? Tomorrow. <laughs> and she said, it'll be gone within a year. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I have never wanted to marry someone more <laughs> than that moment right there. So, like, there there are levels yeah. of you, you need to have, we go back to what we just said, self-control. Uh-huh. But there are going to be spenders. Mm-hmm. Even my parents, I think about that. Yeah. I have one parent that's a spender and one parent that's a saver. I'm definitely more on the spender side. I know that about myself. I am a spender. Yep. <laughs> I'm not a great saver. Mm-hmm. If I have to save, I will. Right now, I'm sitting here trying to contemplate how much am I going to have to save a week to buy a house. That's where we're at yeah. in life. So, yeah. I feel adulty. Good but, job. But I am... A little bit more of a spender. Yeah. Not as bad as I used to be. Which I is have, why I, I have look at myself a little too. <laughs> and go, okay, maybe this marriage thing, you're ready for it. Right? So there there yeah. are levels of responsibility. If if you're looking at yourself and you're saying, Am I ready to get married? But your favorite thing to do is sit on the couch and not work, sorry, I'm yeah. gonna say no. Mm-hmm. Because you're not taking responsibility of your life. Yeah. And, and it's not, oh, I'm just, just speaking from like the girl's perspective. We don't look at it and say, okay, I want a guy who's a good provider. So that means he has to have this like fortune 500, big CEO job, like whatever. I am looking at what does his work ethic look like? Not yes. what type of job does he have? I'm not looking for fancy cars and all the stuff. So when we say, is he a hard worker? Does he have a good job? What we, well, at least... What I mean, and I think what we should mean is, what does his work ethic look like? Mm-hmm. Does he do his work heartily as to the Lord? Is he taking it seriously? Or is he jumping from job to job because, you know, Timmy at this job annoyed him or whatever. Like if I'm, I'm going to be going, okay, like there may be some maturity things here that you have to realize. Okay, 
there's going to be someone in every job you have that really annoys you. Here, it's Dalton, but I just moved past you it. You just got to move on with it. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to struggle through it. But so I think that is, there's also the emotional aspect of it. So is yeah. there some emotional maturity there? How do they mm-hmm. respond in difficult circumstances? Do they carry things with them and take mm-hmm. it out on other people? That's huge. It's a big question for you too. Do you carry yeah. things with you and take it out on other people? Uh-huh. And that could even be every other guy I've dated has been like this. So I'm going to assume you're like that and Mm -hmm. treat you as if you have done these things to me that they did in the past. I think, are we, are we at a wrapping up place here? Because I feel like we've run through the gauntlet here. Is there anything else that you can think of? Because I have one final point to make. We kind of touched on it. The only other thing I wanted to to point out is you're looking at someone, but also as you're evaluating yourself and because you all know, I can't go without saying yes. Are you established in community? Just mm, kind of hit on. We kind of touched it a little bit more. You can't because we talk about don't date in a bubble, but not dating in a bubble requires you to not be living in a bubble right now. Mm. So, do you have community? Are you involved in your church and not just yeah I go and sit there on Sundays? But are there people in your church who know you? Mm-hmm. Um, who then when you come say hey I have this issue in my dating life or I'm struggling with this personally am I ready to date someone can say you know what I know you well and I can speak into that not sure go for it it sounds great because they don't know um, it may be your family and you know I think it's good to have outside your family too um, but are you in community and I think that's um, something that because they can help you everything else we've talked about up until this point. You're going to have blind spots. You're Especially if you're saying, okay, yeah, I really want to get married. You're going to say, yeah, 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 I got all this covered. It'll be fine. But if you have people in your life who can say, hey, but you know, what about this area financially? Or mm-hmm. what about this with your self-control? Or you really do seem to complain a lot about this, that, or the other. Mm-hmm. Like people who know you and are interacting in your life on a daily basis, if you don't have that, I think, I'm not saying it's impossible, I think it will just make dating relationships and then moving into marriage um, difficult or more difficult. So that was my last thing. That's really good because I want to, I did not think of this before. (laughs) This is completely on the fly. (laughs) But to answer the question, am I ready to pursue marriage? Yeah. I would give the same counsel that I would give to someone, a young guy that's asking me, should I go into pastoral ministry? Mm, Here's the three things. That I asked them. Mm-hmm. Number one, is there a desire or aspiration? Okay. Right? So we talked about yep. that. Number two, are there giftings and qualities that you see in your life that would say, yes, I desire this? Yeah. So we talked about that too yep. in terms of spiritual giftings uh-huh. and qualities and all of that. The third thing, which you just touched on, is there confirmation from people that know me the best? Mm, yeah. So I think what you just said is kind of the, that third piece yep. that is so vital because you could say I have an aspiration and you could say I see some qualities within me that the people that know you well are saying, what in the world are you talking about? <laughs> right? Like you could, you could come up to me and say, I really want to be a children's minister. I mm-hmm. desire to do this. I see some giftings within me, but I literally just walk past you scolding a child for <laughs> sneezing and not covering their nose. No, no. not going to happen. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. Maybe an adult's ministry, but I'm not <laughs> sticking you back there with the kiddos in my ministry. Right. So you need, I think, that confirmation from your local church mm-hmm. and from the people that know you the best in community Yeah. to say, oh, yeah, yeah. we see the desire. 
we see the giftings and the skills and the qualities and we confirm yeah. that within you. I'll give you an example. I did this on Friday. Uh-huh. So I went hunting with my nearest and dearest friend. <laughs> we were driving up and just chatting about life. And mm-hmm. I asked him a very out there question yeah. that he was not expecting. I said, <laughs> do you think I would be a good husband? Okay. So I asked the question. Yeah. And he said, "Are you? is this a serious question? Or are you Because we right. joke around and cut yeah. up a lot. He's, I said, this is a serious question. Yeah. Do you think I'll be a good husband? And his answer was, absolutely. Which was so encouraging to me. Yeah. But he lined it out the exact same way. He said, I see a desire within you to be mm-hmm. married. I see qualities of a godly husband. He's like, are you, do you have some things to work on? <laughs> yeah. We all do, though. He said, it'll be a sanctifying experience mm-hmm. for you. It's been sanctifying for me. He's recently married. Yeah. And he, he said, I confirm it. Yeah. I see this within you. So you should have that community, like mm-hmm. you were just talking about, Bethany, where they can look at you and say, I see the desire. I see the qualities. I can affirm and confirm. Go for it. Yeah. And then from a very practical, self-serving standpoint, it's always helpful to have more people on the lookout for you than just yourself. Yes. <laughs> so there's that. Wing man, wing women. Yes. Helpful. Yes. It is helpful. Advocate. Dating in community, your yeah. community is looking for you. Yeah. And yeah, make that known. I feel like sometimes we're almost hesitant to say, I want to be married. I want to find someone. I want this to happen. Because if it persists in not happening, like we're, temp- I don't know, you can be embarrassing or mm-hmm. you feel weird about it because you're like, oh my word, I told all these people and ugh, that's obviously not happening. But I've moved past, I, I, I get it because that used to be that for me, but I'm like, I've moved past that as far as like, like, no, these are the people that care about me. Tell them you want to be married. Tell them I'm willing to be set up. I know people feel differently about that. I don't mind being set up, go to dinner, talk to someone for an hour or two and move on. I I used to be opposed to it, but I'm moving that direction now. Yeah. Um, Here is where I think we should end. Okay. What is the chief end of man? Go. Oh, you want me to actually, I thought you were going to like go off. What is the chief end of man? For those of you that don't know what I'm asking, this is a catechism question from the shorter Baptist confession. To glorify God and enjoy him forever. Okay. So chief end of man. In all things, mm-hmm. to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. If you're looking and asking the question, am I ready to be married? What's the motivation? Mm. Are you motivated to pursue marriage so that you can finally have physical intimacy? Mm-hmm. Are you motivated to get married because you really just want somebody in your corner? Or you really just want somebody in your life? Mm-hmm. Are you motivated to get married because you're just lonely? Or... Are you motivated to get married because God has said it is a good thing and you want to glorify him in this pursuit? If it's any of the first ones, you're not ready. Yeah. But if you exist to glorify God and enjoy him forever by finding a spouse for the glory of his name, Mm -hmm. go for it. And do it as best you can for the glory of his name and the furtherance of his kingdom. Yes. That is a perfect place to end it. That is a great place to end. So in conclusion, the end. (laughs) Way to tie it up and put a bow on it. Okay, guys, we will be back next week with the last episode of the season, which is still crazy. So remember, it's the question episode next week. The question is, what do I do when? Fill in the blank. In any dating scenario you've got, you want help, you've got a question, send it to us. DM us on Instagram. 
send us an email, lookingforthemiddle at gmail.com. We will be back next week with an entire episode around your answers to that question. So we will be back next week with that. Until then, I'm Bethany. And you guys are the best. (laughs) And this is Looking for the Middle.